But for someone who's yes. listening and uh, is um, hearing the name of your company, Managed Integrity Evaluation, that says a lot. But give us some context as to what it is you do and how you do it so effectively. Perfect. So MIE is the largest background screening and vetting company in Southern Africa. We have a wide reaching footprint across Southern, uh, Sub-Saharan Africa. And, you know, companies partner with us where we provide them with background screening services to ensure that the people that they onboard within their organization has been checked and verified and they are the best candidate for the position. We compile this report that we give an overview, a short overview of different transactions completed for a specific year, where we focus mainly on the most requested checks submitted to MIE and what these checks tell us about the different industries and the different uh, trends that the companies are looking at and looking at the, the industries and the checks that they that they do are opting to do. And we can also then assist them with providing them guidance mm. to ensure big, best practice on their side as well. I find it so intriguing because as you say, you know, this is how businesses want to make sure that the right person is actually appointed for the job and is someone who can represent the company with a level of integrity. But take us through, I guess, some of the typical inquiries that do uh, take place. And I, I assume this is also related to some of the industry trends that you see, right? Most definitely. So for many years, uh, criminal verifications has remained the most requested check within MIE. We saw this with the 2022 background screening report, and it looks like with the, the figures that we've pulled thus far, that that trend will remain. So companies are opting to always select a criminal verification when submitting a background check to MIE. And the importance of that is to know if there is a history what is that history and whether that person might potentially pose a risk to the organization and to the people within that organization yeah so we're definitely seeing that trend uh, continuing. I just want to jump we, in there, Jennifer, very briefly as we no, are talking fine. about, you know, um, um, criminal verification. And I, I can imagine there's a wide spectrum here because someone perhaps being a murderer or having committed fraud and corruption versus someone who has a speeding ticket. Do you look at that kind of scope in terms of uh, the, the, oh, I don't want to say the quality, but the extent of the <laughs> crime and the gravity of the crime? And is there a way of evaluating, uh, uh, um, you know, which is less harsh? Most definitely. The the first thing that I would urge the listeners to always do is if you have a criminal background, always disclose that up front, because as you rightly said, there is two ways of looking at it. If you have been found guilty of fraud within your previous previous company and you've served time mm. for theft, for instance, a, a fraud and theft. You pose a bigger risk to organization if you are apply, applying for a financial position. However, if you have a speeding fine and you know you have a criminal record for that speeding fine, disclose it because if you don't disclose it up front, it might look like you are trying to hide something. You can then explain, you know, the situation around it, whatever the case might be. So that is definitely something that organizations also need to take into account when doing these criminal verifications. But it does still remain very important to make that part of your recruitment process and your background screening process to make sure you have enough information or sufficient information uh, about a person when onboarding them. 
definitely. I'm glad that you've clarified on that because sometimes people think, oh, well, it was a few years back. No one really needs to know. But these things do do follow through uh, with some concerns. As you mentioned, criminal verification is uh, an important one. Are there other aspects that uh, we found companies uh, look to highlight significantly? Yes, uh, qualification verification remains a, a very um, a, a very high request check as well on our side. And as you rightly said about the story that that broke now in the news, it's so important to make sure that if you are hiring a person, specifically if you're looking at a more technical position, that person needs to be qualified to do that job. Because the risk of not doing a thorough check and you hiring somebody that is unqualified might pose not only financial risk for the company, but it could also harm their reputation. Mm. So qualification checks, qualification checks also remains a very important check. And then identity verification. As you said, um, she claimed that she did a name change. Yes. If you do an identity verification, this information will come up. And if there is a discrepancy, you can ask that person to provide the documentation where the name change was submitted. And that can be confirmed. Because when you are verifying a qualification, for instance, that is mostly done on a person's name and surname. And that's usually a maiden name if, you know, if the qualification was done a couple of years ago. So if you take that suite of background screening checks where you verify these, let's call it basic checks, like a criminal identity verification, a qualification verification, it, it already puts the company in a better position to know more about that person because yeah. identity verification will tell you whether that person is who they truly say they are. Just on that Another, point, Jennifer, what I'm also keen yes. to understand, though, if there is a change in the name, I'm assuming one's ID number or passport number would remain the same. Would that work? And also coupled with that, would it also verify um, educational qualifications with international institutions that might have a different way uh, or method of record keeping? Most definitely. Uh, the identity uh, identity number does stay the same. So you will be able to see what qualifications are linked to that ID number. If there is a discrepancy, the institution will come back to MIE and say, we are struggling to find this information. Can you provide additional information for us to do a further search? It's not that, you know, an institution will just say, we can't find anything, no records found. They do their part and we do we do our part because we have these relationships with the various uh, tertiary institutions within South Africa. However, when it comes to international uh, uh, institutions, we also do international verifications. And with MIE, we always go to the source. Mm -hmm. If your verification was issued by UNISA or Cambridge or uh, Durban University of Technology, we go directly to the institution who issued that certificate and we verify that information. In some instances, uh, dealing with African institutions, we do work with partners within Africa Mm -hmm. who has that relationship, and we verify it via a partner. But the, the, the fact is, the information received is always from the source. So if the institution that you obtained your qualifications through is a registered institution that in that qualification should be able to be verified got you what i'm also intrigued i do see that there's a portion within your report that does talk about identity and fraud checks but uh, what i'm also keen to discuss is you know fraud and typically we're in you know in this case of tablioga we have no proof we we're still waiting for the processes to to be revealed um but i'm keen to understand you know do we typically find that there is a large number of people essentially lying about their qualifications um and help us understand to what extent 
unfortunately, that is still a hard reality in South Africa. And I think globally, it's also it's also a, a, an issue. And the thing is, technology technology has become so advanced that it's become quite easy to print your own certificate or you go to a degree mill and you purchase a certificate for, say, 600 or 1,000 rand or 1,500 rand. Unfortunately, that is the reality that we're living in. And that, again, amplifies the fact that it's so important to do these verifications and companies to make sure that everybody goes through the same process of verifying it. Because we have found that if you're looking at a South African example specifically, that um, it looks like that trend will continue into 2020 or well continued in, in 2023 as well, is that mm. the most fraudulent verification done specifically on uh, on qualifications is a Uma Lucy matric symbol match. Wow. So it's one thing to verify Sure. that your qualification your matric uh, certificate has you've you've got your matric so you pass matric and you got your certificate and a lot of people verify yes jennifer barkhazen does have a matric certificate and we are good to go however and i think again it comes in with a more technical position if you need to have a specific percentage for say mathematics or science whatever the case might be they need to verify that and that is where candidates become quite creative and they might have needed uh, 80% and they got 50% and they will change that five to an eight. And that is where the fraudulent feedback then comes in to say, listen, we have matched this to what we have on our records and it doesn't match. So that is what we saw last year. And it's we are seeing that trend of fraudulent qualifications um, in the market. And, you know, you can look at it in, in two ways. There is very high unemployed, unemployment figures in South Africa. People are desperate to find employment. Yeah. On the other hand, you just have people that don't want to put in the hard work and they take the easy way out by paying somebody to give them a fake certificate. And your student number might now belong to a different person. But if that certificate is checked, then they will pick up that that student number does not belong to that person who submitted the qualification. And the 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 consequences of that is you know it's no longer than just a slap on the risk you will be listed on the southern africa fraud prevention services database um because it's a fraudulent activity you if a case is opened up against you and you are found guilty you can pay a hefty fine or you can even face jail time Ooh, this is significant so is, right yeah it's like you say it's not just a slap on the wrist this is career limiting uh in terms most of definitely. in all aspects my goodness, it's quarter past seven. If you've just joined us, we are in conversation with Jennifer Barkhazen, Head of Marketing at Managed Integrity Evaluation, MIE, helping us distill and discuss how MIE as an organization, uh, which uh, does do uh, qualification as well as identity verification services for employers across the globe, but more so here in South Africa. And uh, they've completed over two million verification processes. And this particular report that we are discussing takes a look at what companies wanted to verify the most. Uh, and and this does come on the backdrop of uh, stories within the n- local news flow where questions around an economist's academic qualifications mm-hmm. have been brought to the fore. But we're going to go slightly deeper in this because there's lessons for all of us to learn through this, right? Um, and understanding how it is that organizations, institutions, and we as responsible citizens need to make sure that we uh, actively participate in being uh, employable individuals, right? Uh, and operating with integrity as uh, MIE aims to to do. And Jennifer, this takes me to uh, another aspect on your report where you take a look at social media. 
I guess every now and again, we see someone post something on social media. It gets them into hot water with their employer. Uh, and then, boom, you know, they're out of a job or they, you know, face a hefty level of reputational de- damage. But it seems as though businesses and the government are playing a more proactive role when it comes to social media screening. Give us some context here because it looks like we can't just be posting any odd thing, right? <laughs> yes, that is definitely a hot topic and it has been for, for quite a number of years. And a lot of people are in two minds about the social media screening. However, let's start off with the positive note. Social media screening is not just a bad thing to see, you know, have you posted something on social media that is questionable? So... Social media can also highlight things about a candidate that you might not know about them applying um, at your organization. So that it might not come up in, on in, during the interview. So they might be involved in community projects over the weekend or they might be very creative. And this might come through on the social media uh, profile. So that will just give you more insights to get to know that individual better. However, on the other hand, you do get people that they post questionable and sensitive information on social media. And it's very important that companies know or that's highlighted because if that person is employed within your organization, they pose a risk for your organization. So over and above the standard checks that you would do, like your qualification, your criminal and your ID, social media screening provides additional information. One example is um, a check was done on an individual who was employed by one of the e-hailing companies in South Africa. And the information that they posted on their social media was horrific. It was of a sexual nature, children were involved and you are getting into a car with an individual that might have questionable or ulterior motives, let's call it that rather. And if a a social media screening is done, that information can be highlighted because it poses a risk not only to the people making use of the service that you as an organization are offering, um, but, you know, it can also protect you because if you are then... if you are then associated with that kind of service where your your customers are put in danger, it poses a risk to your to your to your um, um to your reputation. Yeah. And you know, it takes years to build a reputation. And it can take a few moments of somebody posting something on social media, either about the organization or, you know, an example like this comes to light and it can tarnish your reputations in seconds. I'm glad you mentioned that because I would assume, you know, the kind of posts also matter, whether it's discrimination, unprofessional content, drug use, uh, illegal in nature, fake news. And of course, only fans. Oh, my goodness. Talk to us about this because <laughs> I think we often take it for granted. Looking at the report, it seems as though majority of negative content is actually found on the following platforms. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, in that order. Yes. Only fans towards the end. So this is obviously telling us something about perhaps the social commentary that we also actively participate in. Yes, the thing is, social media is, it can be used for good and it can be used for evil. (laughs) And the thing is, uh, we have partnered with a company who specializes in social media screening. They don't just go and look at a social media, uh, at a Facebook profile or an Instagram profile. They have a look at any social media profile linked to that individual. Whoa, so if you tag your friend's uh, location, your cousin's, your 
people that you just hang out with all the time? Does that also uh, follow through? So remember, we are we are only we are only looking at the individual who has given their consent that their social media can be screened. Uh-huh, okay. So it if you were tagged and it's visible on your profile, that will be visible to 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 us and it will be brought in the um in the report or brought out in the report but it's it's not that we are looking at you and all of your friends Mm -hmm. so remember with background screening it's very important to note that consent is provided to mie that these verifications can be conducted on that individual so we are looking at anything that is linked to that individual who we receive the request for. And then if there's any negative content, that will then be brought out and a complete report with where the negative content is, content has been found, which pro, um, which platforms it was found on and what type of content was found. And then that company will take that report and then make, they need to take, read the report and make a decision on whether they want to onboard that person or not. But as I said in the beginning of this conversation, it's not always bad. Social media screening is not always bad. And people say, yes, but it's an invasion of my privacy. However, social media is a public platform. Mm -hmm. If you think of of all the platforms, a lot of people don't have strict privacy settings on these platforms. If you don't have strict privacy settings on these platforms, it's not a private it's not a private page mm. it's open and accessible to the public mm. it's so funny so there's two things if you don't want people to know what's going on set your privacy settings to high and think twice before posting anything yeah. Exactly. I've also noticed a few individuals who work for for large corporates, actually, you know, private, make sure that their account settings are very private. They don't even mention who their employer is. uh, And also, you know, don't even allude to what kind of sector or industry that they might be working on and typically only post uh, their social life and are very strict in terms of who um, they they give access to uh, on their platforms. Uh, What I'm learning here, Jennifer, is that there's a lot for us to take into consideration, right? Uh, In terms of um, not only consenting to disclose fully and openly and honestly um, where we are as individuals, especially when applying for jobs, but also voluntarily disclosing uh, any concerns that might arise um, when it comes to yes. uh, evaluation, uh, integrity uh, that you're looking to evaluate. What I'm also keen to understand is, especially for many South Africans, it's the beginning of the year. We're looking to potentially, you know, shift careers, shift organizations, uh, apply to boards and, and, and grow within our careers. And it does call for people to be a lot more cautious. So I guess more open and honest and transparent uh, in, in some yeah. of their disclosures. Uh, do you have any, I don't want to, well, beyond advice, but some tips and suggestions that we can implement to make sure that we we on our P's and Q's? Yeah, so first of all, it's being open and honest. You know, people... People tend to embellish some of the information on their CVs, CVs. And, you know, a simple example is you might put down as you are assertive, but in real life, you're not really an assertive person. And that might catch up to you if you are in a situation in the professional workspace where you need to be assertive, but then you can't, you know, you, you can't apply that level of assertiveness. So don't line your CV because there are a lot of companies that's over and above doing, <clears throat> excuse me, 
are above doing these checks, they also verify the information on the CV. Mm -hmm. So if you are putting down a reference of a manager that you worked with previously and they say, you know, is this person assertive? They might say, no, they are struggling with, it's maybe a development point. So don't lie on your CV. Don't embellish your skills or your qualifications on your CV because if it is checked, you will be caught out. And then you are put in a very difficult position trying to explain your way out of it. And the chances of that company then trusting you to employ you is the is less is less it's yeah. it, it, it's it's something against your name and you've made the wrong first impression and you don't want that looking for a new um a, a new opportunity and it's it's really important as well that as i said if there's anything to disclose disclose it beforehand don't wait for after the the the, the background screening checks has come back so it's really important for that and um except for the companies as well is to also make sure that you incorporate a recruitment policy within your organization. Make sure everybody goes through the same onboarding process. Make, document it. Make sure that everybody has been checked mm. and nobody can be employed if a certain amount of checks aren't done. We are also seeing an uptake of uh, psychometric assessments where companies make use of integrity tests and skills tests to make sure that, you know, what the person is saying they can do, they can actually do because it gives more information about you as a person to that company. Um, we are facing quite difficult economic times at the moment. We don't know what 2024 will hold. And, you know, there are various organizations that has cut down on their recruitment. We are still seeing a lot of background checks being being processed. But in the reality, a lot of companies have put recruitment freezes on. So if an opportunity arises, make sure everything is correct and true and you go in and be honest and hopefully you will be qualified to do that job and the company will hire you. Yeah, 100%. You, you raise so many valid points and I think it's uh, really critical that we all pay attention to this. Uh, a question that has just come to mind before I do give uh, share a question in terms of, um, you know, how, how kind companies can be. Uh, or I guess forgiving, you know, do we find that institutions yeah. are becoming a lot more forgiving um, um, or understanding when a potential recruitee uh, comes forward and actually discloses uh, some of the faults and findings within their records? So do they give people second chances? I'm hoping that they do. Um, I, I truly do hope that they do. You know, we are part of the recruitment process until we provided the MIE report with all the findings on that on that specific individual. And I'm sure that they, if a company needs to take all of this information into account, they need to take everything into account. And I mean, if you are explaining a parking ticket with, and for some reason you got that parking ticket and you have a criminal record due to maybe not paying a fine or missing your court date, whatever the case might be. I think companies will have, uh, companies will take that into consideration and they won't question your integrity to say, listen, this person is upfront, they are honest, and this is the type of person we want to onboard. So these companies need to take these background screening reports provided to them and make an, a, a decision about the people that they want to onboard within their organization. So as I said, unfortunately, we don't go through the entire process in terms of the recruitment. But I really do hope that that is a reality in South Africa, giving as many South Africans the opportunity in the job market. 
100%. I think this is so critical. And just to close off with very briefly, Jennifer, before we do wrap up the conversation, there's so much to discuss and I'm excited about it. <laughs> do we find that there's certain sectors that actually see a high level of um, inadequate integrity when you evaluate them? And uh, top of mind, I'm thinking of, you know, the doctor we saw on social media, you know, what we're seeing now in financial services. But are there certain sectors or top three sectors that appear um, to see the most level of uh, fraud? Well, that's still to be determined with the 2023 report that we are working on. That should be finalized by the end of March, and we can maybe have another discussion then. But sure. it it's it's really across the board. And if you look at the, the industries that is making use of, of background screening, it's not just the, 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 the recruitment industry that's making use of background screening. It's from the financial and banking industry to government departments, mining, manufacturing, transport. So it's such a wide variety of checks that is submitted for different positions. And depending on the position that you are being appointed for, different checks will be conducted on on you as an individual. So it's it's really difficult to say. But one thing that I that I can mention is that we've seen quite a large uptake for checking um, people against the sexual offenders database. And the reason for that is in the past it was necessary for only teachers to be checked whether they are registered um as on the sexual offenders database but now under other industries has come forward and say but we need this within our industry as well if you think of the medical industry you have people working with children um you have people working with vulnerable people the elderly and even um you have people working with with people with disabilities Mm. and We've seen an uptake on that because we need to make sure the people that we are, again, caring for is taking the best care of our patients or our students or whatever the case might be. 100%. 100%. Jennifer, I'm looking forward to seeing the 2023 report to evaluate, you know, what similar trends we saw from 2022 and, and what we need to be mindful of going forward. But as you've mentioned, honesty, transparency, full disclosure uh, is very, very necessary. Thank you again for your time this evening. And if you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.